Welcome to the fifth Amazing Race Canada 4 recap episode of the John Montgomery Approved URT number podcast from Reality TV Warriors. I promised it had to. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as ever is the Canadian who doesn't need a silly intro this week because he got a DM from Grant Bowler instead, Logan Saunders. Evening. I could not have planned your birthday treats better. Yes, Grant Bowler of, of Amazing Race Australia, well, primarily the Mall Australia, and John Montgomery. Both wish me a happy birthday because of you, Michael. So thank you for that. You're welcome. And it actually worked a lot better than I expected. Because not only did Grant, king of the awesome intro shots, thanks to him stroking your cheetah bowler, um, send you a DM and a very public message which replied to mine, but we both got a follow-off John Montgomery. It took uh, me about four years, but it finally happened. Or I guess just over three years. Somehow I managed to get... Monty to not just follow Logan for his birthday, but follow me as well. And I have had a couple of likes off him in the past 24 hours as well. <laughs> Seems though I sent him the banner for this week, which is him posing on the uh, the boat. That was really the best part of the episode. There really wasn't a whole lot else to talk about this week. No, when I looked at the press pictures last week, there was 25, and one of them was that one of Monty posing on the boat. So I kind of was prepared for it to not be a brilliant episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was no picture that could have summed up the episode more for me than Monty looking awesome on a boat. You know what's going to be a brilliant episode is next week when they're in Hamilton. (laughs) That was one of the worst previews I think I've ever seen. (laughs) Everyone needs to prepare for the wall-to-wall Voldemort Mussolini jokes, because that's where they're from. And thanks to Mark Carroll, I was warned that Hamilton was coming up on this season. And... I cannot wait, given how terrible that preview was. It's going to be awful. The most interesting part of the episode is just blatantly spoiled for like a third of the preview, it looked like, and not a whole lot else going on that makes Hamilton special. (laughs) Yeah, basically. So prepare for us to be very mean about that episode, because I don't think that there is any way that next week is going to be able to redeem itself. So we'll be slightly less mean about this one. Yeah. So, previously, eight teams raced to Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam, where they bit off more than they could chew at an active reads info. Steph and Kristen revealed to Frankie Namer that they had the express passes, but they did it when Joel and Ashley were standing right there. Which already ruins the confrontation for next week that was shown in the preview at the end of tonight's episode. Yeah. <laughs> so at the detour, Kelly and Kate shot to the top of the charts thanks to a karaoke task, and with some flair, Anna and Tanya were eliminated at a bartending task. And the most dangerous thing of the entire episode 
was not having to do any of the like ramming stuff with boats or flying to Heidegawai generally. It was Monty standing in the middle of a roundabout. Why would you do that to yourself in Vietnam? Monty loves the thrill of things, Michael. He He's a man who lives on the edge. He's an adrenaline junkie, but there is jumping out of a plane or bungee jumping, and then there is standing in the middle of a busy roundabout in Vietnam with all the motorbikes going past you. In Ho Chi Minh City, no less. Exactly. I can vouch for how dangerous that traffic is. <laughs> I did send him a tweet on uh, Wednesday when I watched the episode just saying, Monty, get away from the traffic. <laughs> Go with the traffic, Monty. <laughs> because my favourite subplot is Joan Montgomery, John's mum, just tweeting saying, Glad you didn't tell me about that, John, because I would have been very afraid for you. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't there for him to hold her hand while crossing Ho Chi Minh City. It's my favourite subplot whenever he does anything dangerous, like standing on the outside of the Calgary Tower. She sent out a tweet saying, I'm glad you didn't tell me about that. <laughs> I just wanted to send one out about the uh, roundabout. <laughs> there should be a, There should be an article that's like, the top ten things you don't tell Joan, Joan Montgomery until after it's all over. So, teams must now fly to Haidegui in British Columbia and find their product placement cars at the airport, and they have $550 for this leg of the race, which seemed like a lot of money. I thought it was 150 Did they say 550 It was 550 because we got a screen cap of uh, Rita and Yvette's clue. Oh, okay. But Michael, did you think about how beautiful Canada is and all of its beauty and how... How be- just majestic it is. Because I feel like I need to remind you of that every five minutes for the remainder of this podcast. It's so beautiful. Yeah, and you know what's just as beautiful are- is a Chevrolet uh, Camaro. It is. <laughs> Although they weren't driving that at this point of the leg. Oh, just the two most beautiful things, Canada and Chevrolet vehicles. That is true. They are both very beautiful things. They supersede everything else in the world. Who gives a crap about the two incredible episodes we just had in Vietnam? Oh, that cannery, that that bolt. Oh, man. I'm glad we were reminded of that every two seconds. Anyway, shut up Liz Trenier. Uh, so, Kelly and Kate left at 10.28am with Steph and Kristen at 10.38. Rita and Yvette at 11.17. Frankie and Amy at 11.56. Joel and Ashley at 11.57. Julian Lowell at 12.18, and Julian and Emma at 12.56. And did we not say that we needed to wait until this week to see how far Kelly and Kate really were ahead? Ten minutes only. Ten minutes is all they had as a lead. However, it seems like with uh, Steph and Kristen, though, is that they're always right behind the first place team, and then everyone else is when things start spreading out. I am very glad that we didn't get a, uh, oh, we always keep coming second subplot, seeing as though we had that twice last year. Yeah, with Nick and Matt and Joey and Kelsey. Yeah, it's nice to have a subplot resolved that quickly. It means they can't win the season, but at least we get the subplot resolved. You don't think they can win the season anymore? No, I I think this episode was a strong winner's episode for one team, who is not Stephen Crystal. Was it Frankie and Amy? It was indeed. I, I suspect Frankie and Amy are going to be our first female winners of Amazing Race Canada. As do I. That's what I was writing down, too. I'm thinking, this is a lot of perfect material for Frankie and Amy if they do win. And then I noticed Rita and Yvette climb up in the winner's rankings as well. But Frankie and Amy are definitely number one after this episode. Can I just point out, Logan and I have not collaborated on this. We've not talked since Logan saw the episode. So this is completely independent. Exactly. And last time we both came up with uh, this sort of completely independent winner's pick, 
Amy and Maya won. So, just saying. I think this was a a breakout episode for Frankie and Amy's winners edit. So, I like how the product placement credit cards just have the Amazing Race Canada and not the team names on them. Yeah. Really makes them feel welcome. And apparently now they're going to go into the mobile phone service next week with delivering messages from loved ones. Yay. <laughs> BMO, they're here to help. Help families reunite. Yeah, this is just a typical Hammerots uh, task coming up, by the way. Hammerots loves having a, uh, a surprise family um, reference. Best of which was uh, when teams flew to Arizona, had to get into a, uh, a massive 40-wheeler truck and um, listened to the radio, at which point there was a dedication to a, uh, a couple who gave it all up to uh, travel the world on the Amazing Race from their families. Oh, do you notice that Kelly and Kate pretty much foreshadowed their own elimination at the start of the episode? Position can change at any minute, I'm thinking. Ah, crap. Game over. <laughs> yes, the M. Bison Street Fighter game over. Pretty much happened two seconds into the episode. I'd already been spoiled that they got eliminated this week because I watched it quite late. Amazing Race Canada had just started having their uh, live chat on Facebook with Kelly and Kate. I thought, for God's sake, don't spoil it for me. Oh, you're one of those, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> I need to keep off Facebook until uh, I've watched the episode. The thing is, I, yeah. can't, I can't bitch about that because I'm constantly saying it's not a spoiler once it's heard. Exactly, yeah. You can't you can't complain more shit when it comes to this. Exactly. So I'm, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that yeah, I probably would have picked up on that had I not already known that they were going. And of course, Steph and Kristen make the obligatory softball reference by telling everyone to play ball when they <laughs> start the leg. I, I always pictured the catcher from the movie Sandlot. I made a Steph and Kristen reference that dinner to my family on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know how, but we were talk- for some reason we were talking about sports that lesbians play. <laughs> 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 you you and Mark and your parents had this conversation? Yeah, you've been around my family. You know that this is the sort of conversation that will end up happening. Um, but yeah, we were talking about sports that lesbians play, and um, obviously I said softball, and then I explained why. <laughs> well, what were the other nominees? I can't remember. <laughs> Was Roller Derby on there? Um, no, because A, Rochelle would kill us, and B, my best friend from primary school would kill me. Given that she is, well, she's always been rock hard, but she is a a roller derby player. So once teams find their cars, they have to take a ferry to Skidigat and find the Hyder Heritage Center to find their next clue. And Frankie is infinity happy. She is. She's not one happy. She's not two happy. She's infinity happy. Sideways eight. Yeah. And once you get there, it's a roadblock, which is who wants the inside story? And in this roadblock, one team member must head to the carving shed and listen to the stories of six totem poles outside the centre. Each story ends with the name of the artist of the pole. Once they match up the poles to their artist, they receive their next clue. And it's Gillian, Kristen, Ashley, Amy, Julie, Rita and Kate doing this roadblock. Do you see how chill the clue giver was? <laughs> yeah, he was pretty chill. He could. He, he just seemed dis- or not even chill, he just seemed disinterested with everything that was going on. He was just like, yeah... You're, you're wrong, or, yeah, you're right, here's your clue. Good job, I don't really care. Something tells me the Hyder Heritage Centre did not pay $55,000 to uh, get Amazing Race Canada there. No, it probably just sort of happened. They're probably happy that nobody really comes around there. 
although some of the other tourism websites uh, within Hideaway have really gone out of their way to post on the official Facebook pages. Like, there, some of them, I think, just really want that tourism on the opposite end of the spectrum. Otherwise, there's probably no source of income in a land that's so small. I did say I'd ask this. Have you been to either of the locations this week? No, but I've, I know people who are from there, who have lived there, and, you know, you read about it in second or third grade in elementary school. So, I mean, when I was in elementary school, it wasn't even called Hidegaway. It was called the Queen Charlotte Islands. Like, the name change just happened, like, ten years ago. Like, when Lowell said, oh, I haven't even heard of that place. That would be why, because he's just so old school, and he hasn't looked at a map recently, so he didn't know that if someone told him, hey, we're going to Queen Charlotte Islands, especially because he's from Alberta, too, so it's not like it's not like he's from the East Coast or something, and it's some obscure piece of geography he's being quizzed on. He's, you know, he's from Lethbridge, I think, so he should, he should know, he should know, uh, the Queen Charlotte Islands at the very least. So I'm just going to attribute it to him not knowing the new name of the islands. And I did find it interesting that Queen Charlotte Islands wasn't dropped once in the episode. You know who should have been a clue giver this week? Suki and Jinder. Because they're from like 40 minutes away from there. Yeah, from uh, Terrace? Yeah. I was very disappointed we did not get a uh, an Atwal appearance. Yeah, and they could have uh, been. They could have done the pose that they're most famous for as well when giving out the clue. It would have shown how much more liberal uh, Haidegoy is. Can you imagine the way to top interrupting a wedding would be to interrupt a life drawing class to get uh, a clue <laughs> off so you can <laughs> Yes, I object. I really object. I really object. Put some clothes on, guys. Yeah. So do our parents. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what they were <laughs> <laughs> We were paid fifty-five thousand dollars for this. <laughs> oh, I... it's your clue from Mister <laughs> Mister World. <laughs> he didn't win. He didn't win in England. No, they didn't no, he didn't win. You couldn't bribe the judges, Michael. I don't know who did win, but he didn't win definitely because he posted a, a status on his uh, page. Poor gender. That's all he ever wanted was to be Mr. World. I mean, Amazing Race Canada only gets to be Mr. World for one third, uh, one third of the time each year. Yeah, other than that, it's just Mr. Canada. Yeah, which nobody else outside of Canada probably pays attention to. Can't we just talk about how trolley E-Talk were being? Oh, Miss Canada shirts that, they, that the random woman that's replacing Devin Solendeek this season was wearing? Female Devin, we're going to call her now. Female Devon. Even though I know what her name is, she's going to be called Female Devon now. Yes, the Home is Canada shirts. It's like, wow, you do not care about the Amazing Race one bit. Please go home. Wait, you are home? <laughs> the complaints on the Facebook page are getting even better every week as well. They're getting longer and longer to basically say, why are you leaving Canada? Is the Amazing Race Canada, guys? To which I ended up replying on uh, Wednesday, because science. <laughs> science. Yeah, oh man. Give them a, a little bit of uh, the Greg Kelly potential. So, Rita and Julie end up teaming up on this task. There's a lot of teaming up. There was. Right. I don't get this when there's only six things to remember, and I'm sure the adrenaline's running, so you're forgetting things. But there's only six things to remember. It's not the hardest memory challenge we've ever seen. No, it is not. So, I'm quite surprised that so many teams were teaming up. Well, that lady with the lip ring, I guess, just really threw them off. 
Or as she's otherwise known as, uh, 90% of Frankie and Amy's friends back at home in Aldergrove. <laughs> Ooh, you met someone who was at school with uh, Amy, didn't you? Yeah, two people. I went to a party on Saturday for a friend's going away party before they went backpacking through Europe. And it also happened to coincidentally be my birthday that day. And there were two women there who went to school with Amy. And you were too drunk to actually ask them any questions. Yeah, I didn't I didn't quiz them too much because I, I don't know how it came up, but I mentioned, I'm pretty sure I mentioned my podcast while drinking at this party. Uh and Ashley gets recognized by one of the storytellers. I love how the first local just whispers it like, uh, I don't know, like somebody who's hidden beneath like a Halloween costume. Like, Ashley, Ashley, it's Ashley me. Ashley Collinball? It's me. <laughs> I'm your brethren. Oh, you're the, oh, you're, <laughs> it's Jane. She's just underneath the Spider Woman costume. Oh, hi, Jane. That's pretty much what it reminded me of. But it's like, no, she was just dressed up in regular clothing, just being like, Ashley, Ashley. (laughs) It's like, yes, Ashley is right there, and she can see you. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was the janitor all along. So, Steph and Kristen are the first to leave with Joel and Ashley in second, Kelly and Kate in third, and Frankie and Amy in fourth, and Amy doesn't help the last three, all of whom are working together. Uh, before Julian Lowell finished fifth, Rita and Yvette finished sixth, and Jillian and Emmett leaving last with a little bit of help. Yeah, well, a little bit of help for Jillian. She may still be out there. What's the last one? I love how she asked what's the last one, and then Rita and Julie both gave her the last three just to confuse her a little bit. <laughs> or what was my favourite part with the recurring storyline of Amy just ditching the other teams? Yeah, because that's not going to come into play. Because, you know, they did it to the same teams pretty much in the first episode and on the way to the pit stop. And then this time, Amy's just laughing. She is laughing at them as she runs by them with the clue. You're doing a Margie reference now when there's a better one coming later. What? I don't, that wasn't a Monty reference. A Margie reference, is it? Oh, Margie reference, yes. I said Monty. Um, what, what was the name of the clue giver? I, I kept listening to it over and over again, but the closest I got was Caguise. And I'm like, is that right? I have no idea. And that's my other favorite thing about uh, the complaints on Amazing Race Canada page two is that uh, the past couple seasons, locals will be really pissed off if you don't introduce the name of their friend who gave out a clue at a random route marker here and there. And then this, like, pretty much every clue giver is introduced. Even one gets their full name introduced at the puzzle station. Yeah, and Monty didn't even um, acknowledge the name of the kayak hockey guy from last season. No, which was probably for the best. We found out his name on the Facebook page when he was spamming about millions of dollars and things. Oh, I've still got those screen caps on my computer. (laughs) Oh, he was the best. He elevated that not very good season. And just to note... uh. Do you think the movie The Watchmen had anything to do with this roadblock? Because some of the stories involved Watchmen. Uh, In fact, one of them had three Watchmen involved, and I was wondering if one of them was named Rorschach. And grizzly bears with their tongues sticking out. Yes, Rorschach and grizzly bears with their their tongues sticking out. Yes, that Watchmen. And some sort of animal with a human hanging out of his mouth as well, which was kind of glossed over. Yeah, I feel like that would be a bit noteworthy to the viewer. And those totems were pretty cool to see. They were. And it, it, it's nice to finally get a totem task. Mm-hmm. 
So teams must now drive to Spirit Lake Trail and then put together two puzzles which have designs of Hydra artwork on them to receive their next clue. And you know what was really subtle? The Mentos appearance. <laughs> yeah. This is becoming Going. a recurring joke now. <laughs> well, the thing is, we have the Mentos advertisement take up the bottom quarter of the screen, and then it disappears, and then two seconds later, the whole screen fades to black and white. And they've done that every single time. And it's still never not funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and then people will go on the page saying, oh, I missed the Mentos this week. How did I miss it? I'm thinking, you probably fell asleep while watching the episode. There's no way. Or you were like on the phone or on your smartphone or something getting distracted. Because there's no way that if you were had your two eyes open looking at the screen that you could... <laughs> That you could not A, miss the Mentos, or B, the five-second warning that gives you that the Mentos is about to be on screen. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It really is. And (laughs) it's just becoming a recurring amount of ridiculousness, because I am slightly colorblind, and there is no way in hell that I can miss the Mentos bottle in the middle of a gray screen. It, like this, this this week, there wasn't even any other te- teammates on screen. The Mentos got to occupy the whole screen by itself for like a full second. I would love to know from um, from racers whether they CGI the Mentos in or whether they just plant Mentos everywhere and decide which one's going to be the most ridiculous. Yeah, they put them on top of the totems. There was actually a seventh totem pole that teams had to memorize, and the carver was Jim Mentos. Yeah. The Hyder community was slightly offended by that one, which meant it got nixed. Yeah, it's like, and team, yeah, team said to remember, it's just this, it's just a tiny totem for the poll for the seventh one. It's like Garner Moody, uh, Ron Wilson, Timothy Mentos. Timothy J. Mentos. Don't forget the J. Uh, during the roadblock, Steph, Steph was uh, watching uh, Kristen uh, complete the task, and Steph uh, referred to herself as not a memorizer. Is she also not a smasher? She's not a smasher. She's the Ruth Marie of the season. And uh, I feel like I have another note about this task. Oh, that Amy that Amy referred to... Uh, what was the one Carver's name she kept screwing up on? Oh yeah, she kept calling Jim Hart uh, Ron Hart. And then I was thinking that if I was doing the roadblock, and I knew I would be out of there on my next attempt that I would intentionally say Bret Hart or Owen Hart, just to give that random uh, wrestling shout-out. And there was a lot of talk of Altline as well on the uh, puzzle task. Mm-hmm. That's literally all I have for the task. It's just, there's a lot of talk of Altlines. Get the Altline right. Ootlines. Get your Canadian straight, Michael. No, it was more Altlines. It was more Oat than Oot. Canadian. Um, so yeah, Steph and Kristen leave this task in first again. Uh, with Julian and Emmett in second, and then they help Julian Lowell in return for their help at the first roadblock, and Joel and Ashley leave in third, with Ruth and Yvette in fourth, and Julian Lowell in fifth, and Frankie and Amy in sixth, and Kelly and Kate in last. Did you notice that Emmett and Lowell were wearing matching jackets? Both wearing the same blue jacket. I did not, but I think from previous experience that the jackets are provided by MEC, who are sponsoring that shitty-looking task next week. Right. So they probably just have the same jacket. It's like when um, 
when a Razor Razor US goes to Alaska, they always get always have to go to a, a supply store just to get pick up either a coat or gloves. Right. I, th- I think they're just provided. Is this the part where Emmett tries to distract a... No, 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 that's after the puzzle task. Never mind, I was jumping ahead. The next bit is. We've just finished the puzzle task. Oh, right, there's, there was really nothing else to discuss with the puzzle task, eh? Oh, no. Watching people complete puzzles is completely dull, generally. Well, yeah, because what upset me about this puzzle, too, is that it was just... It really had nothing to do with anything. It was just dropped in the middle of Location X, and it's like, here, solve this puzzle. And that was it. It's not even like teams had a reference on it. If teams had seen no. the, the artwork at the Heritage Center, then it might have actually been a good task, because there would have been a bit of memory in there, but they really didn't. It's kind of a half-arsed version. But hey, Ben Davidson, he got his time to shine. He got to give out the clue at the puzzle on the Amazing Race Canada. We're never going to forget Ben Davidson. Do you reckon that he just won a competition? <laughs> he has the give a clue away to... Amazing racers for a task that it would otherwise have zero highlights, so nobody remembers you being the clue giver edition. He won a competition for Hyde Goi to be a part of the Amazing Race Canada, as it was dubbed, and he ended up being a clue giver for a completely pointless task. Well, yeah, because within Hyde Goi, there was there's such a big population there for such a large pool of people for Amazing Race Canada producers to choose from. So, team must now head to the harbour and then take a seaplane to Prince Rupert. British Columbia, where they will find another product placement car and must head to the statue of Prince Rupert's founder to find their next clue. And this is the point where Gillian and Emmett try and distract Joel and Ashley. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was the point? They still had to run back and grab the route info anyway. All they're doing is letting the other teams catch up to not only Joel and Ashley, but to Emmett and Gillian themselves because they're not bothering to run back to grab the clue. And was the seaplane just to throw off reality fan form? Because it didn't work. What do you mean throw off reality fan form? Well, so if they take a seaplane halfway through the leg, then um, reality fan form are less likely to be able to find them. No, no matter what you do, reality fan form is always going to find you. You can run and tell that, homeboy. Are you re- really saying that reality fan form are the new bed intruders? <laughs> yes. They're climbing in Monty's windows. Snatching his people up. <laughs> Snatching his gingers up. <laughs> we will not do the next line. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to come up with a replacement for the next line. And yeah, Gillian and Emmett drop their clue on the path, and Emmett tries to delay Joel and Ashley, but then they run back and find it pretty quickly. And did you notice that the trail was a tsunami hazard zone? That does not surprise me that that place would be a... Would be a spot for potential tsunamis. Very low elevation there, and it's right in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, they had a uh, a sign just basically opposite the entrance to the trail that said Tsunami Hazard Zone, which I've only ever seen once before, and that was in San Francisco. Fisherman's Wharf at San Francisco is a Tsunami Hazard Zone. Yeah, a, war- a wharf on the West Coast sounds, sounds about right. And... I love how Amy is becoming more and more the voice of the audience by even saying how, with the saying that even she is getting annoyed by Jillian's voice, and Jillian is probably, amongst the casual fans anyway, the least popular character uh, since the start of the season. And we also had Joel and Ashley saying they're threatened by Jillian and Emmett. So this is just setting up a, an inevitable Jillian and Emmett U-turn, isn't it? But weren't, weren't Joel and Ashley also threatened by Stefan Kristen, and then Reed and Vet were angry that nobody's threatened by them? That is true. 
I think Reed and the vets uh, brought up the word threatening uh, at the start and at the end of the episode. They want people to notice them. And yet the editor's card notices them. Unless it involves Janet Jackson karaoke. The producers need to shine their light on Reed and Yvette. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Shine your light. Such enthusiasm. I bet you that Shine Your Light song is probably the type of the type of scene that would receive a ton of attention from the social. I bet they would just be like, uh, last time on The Amazing Race Canada, they did karaoke. And then just go on and on about that. And not even really acknowledge the rest of the episode. The shrill harpies of the social, I think you'll find. Yes. Oh, did, have they have they had the clip yet where, with the BMO expert who helps them with the most basic trivia questions from the season? Not that I know of. You're usually oh. our, uh, our correspondent for putting up with the social. And next week, well, we, we've got to have the Midway reunion show point uh, soon too, don't we? Well, it, it's usually after half the teams have been eliminated, so it'll be after sixth place goes. Okay, so that could be a couple of weeks then. Which, let's be honest, will be a couple of weeks. Three non-eliminations still left to go. I was totally convinced this week was going to be a non-elimination because now it, unless they do back-to-back, then it's going to be a very predictable order. Yeah, let's be clear. Next week is going to be a non-elimination. There is no way in hell that it can be an elimination already. Unless they just watched the Amazing Race Family Edition to study a non-elimination structure before they went out there. Especially as they've not even confirmed the return of uh, Duthie yet. Or can you imagine having to put up with a week where we have loads of Gino and Jesse references next week and then have to put up with James Duthie on TV as well? Like seconds later after we sat through a Hamilton non-elimination episode. Exactly. Oh, at least they're just throwing the punches to the head all at once. Punches, head kicks, groin kicks, everything. James Duthie is a groin. I just compared him to a groin kick. <laughs> I do think that the official title of this episode has to be Duffy or Groin Kick. <laughs> oh. Whereas I would prefer the little ginger toe who could. <laughs> the, little, the little ginger kick? Little ginger. Not the little ginger. <laughs> you weirdo. <laughs> oh yes, the, the founder guy for Prince Rupert. His name is is Charlie Hayes. No joke. <laughs> the name of the founder of Prince Rupert is the third baseman for the New York Yankees during their uh, 1996 World Series win. And yet I ended up having a conversation about your cousin, the baseball player, yesterday at work. Yes, about Michael Saunders? Yes. He's, he made it to the All-Star game. He he was voted in. He did. I didn't even know until the the couple who came into work told me. There's a couple who came into work last night who... Um, had just moved back from Toronto. They were from round here where I live, but they just moved back from Toronto, and they were both wearing um, Blue Jays caps, and he was wearing a Maple Leafs hoodie as well. So I jokingly said to them, "Have you been to Toronto recently?" And um, I sort of remembered halfway through serving them that your cousin plays for the Blue Jays. So I was like, "Yeah, I'm friends with the cousin of one of the Blue Jays." And said, "Oh, who?" And I said, "Michael Saunders." And went, "Oh, Saunders. He's an all star." He's going to get all the money this year. Yeah, I'm an all-star too. It runs in the Saunders bloodline. What are you an all-star of, though? That's the question. Uh, Jason and Jennifer's uh, online Amazing Race game when we get invited back. Then I'll be an all-star. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should um, get people to suggest what Logan's an all-star of, because this won't get offensive. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Yes. 
So one's teams get to uh, Prince Rupert. It's another roadblock, which is who's ready to log on. And in this roadblock, the team member who didn't do the last roadblock must take a ferry, which only leaves every 20 minutes. Then they must learn how to pilot a log boat and find three sets of logs which are marked with red ribbons before moving them to the opposite side of the course to receive their next clue. And it's Steph, Emmett, Joel, Frankie, Yvette, Lowell and Kelly doing this roadblock. Who the hell logged on to me? John, you snake motherfucker! Oh, Prince Rupert. Like, the founder is named after the New York Yankees third base, while the city itself is based upon a character from Survivor. Who's your pookie, Prince? <laughs> we are not having a conversation in Rupert voices. No. <laughs> oh, I do have a note about the puzzle tasks, surprisingly. Really? To backtrack, yes. I was amused that all the teams said, check please when they uh, asked to have their uh, puzzles checked. Because it made them seem like they were in a restaurant, <laughs> when really, they're just outside doing a puzzle. Garçon! <laughs> do they have French people in Haidegui? I don't think they do. I don't think they've been exiled from Haidegui. I'd be very surprised if there isn't at least one French person in Haidegui. <laughs> yeah, it's actually where Napoleon was exiled. It wasn't It wasn't uh, St. Helena, it was Haidegui that he was sent to... Uh, uh, once he was uh, taken over. So that's where um, Stefan and Antoine are being uh, sequestered. Yeah, actually, believe it or not, Napoleon is so tall that he was the only person in the village who could touch the top of the totem pole by barely standing up on his tippy toes. Wow. Uh, so yeah, this is the full-on Lola's inspirational moment. Yep. And the most inspiring person to ever inspire an inspiring group of people. So now any any Lowell quotes need to be voiced in a Bethany Hamilton way. Oh, it's been a... Where's Ben? He, he he can do the Bethany Hamilton impression better than either of us. The little tub, like I could. <laughs> we need Ben for the Bethany Hamilton <laughs> impressions. Ben, can you record us some uh, Lowell lines as Bethany Hamilton, please? If I focus hard enough, I can see the red ribbon, even though it's really difficult. Yeah, that'll do. Whatever. Yeah, there we go. We got it. That's a C plus. It's good enough. It clears the bar, which is all we can ask. Actually, there was a pretty big fu even earlier to Julie and Lowell when when Julia helped out uh, Emma and Jillian, and then Emma and Jillian just drove right past them. Was that the roadblock? Was that the totem task when that happened? Yeah, it was after the totem task. Where she's like, "Those are the very people we helped, and they just drove right out in front of us." And they're driving past us. Well, that's rude. Yeah, as rude as Amy, just flat out laughing and cheering us. Jillian's like, Amy, what are the last three names? And that's when Amy should have said Bret Hart. That would have been perfect. He was the best carver that ever that ever was and the best carver there is and the best carver there ever will be. Bret Hart. Is it a terrible idea to lie to them? It, yeah, just going silently past them was probably better than just outright lying. Yeah, would you have lied to them? To Emma and Jillian? Uh, nah, I just wouldn't care. I, w I would probably just be laughing at Jillian the same way that Amy was. Laughing in pity or laughing in hilarity? Because, you know, laughing in pity is sort of the Amazing Race Asia news that we've had this week. And laughing in hilarity is most of uh, anything that Nick and Sabrina did last year. We're in the spectrum. Let's go laughing in hilarity. Okay. And what's the deal with Amazing Race Asia? They announced their entire route their entire cast, even before they start filming, 
And then we discover that three different organizations based out of Indonesia is sponsoring the season. And, like, the chief of tourism for the country is the one who gets to announce the route. What the hell, guys? And Alan Wu has a random co-host. I'm hoping that the teams are already being sequestered. Because if they're not sequestered and they know their entire route, that's going to be pretty bad. I don't think they've confirmed the Indonesia locations. They've confirmed everywhere outside Indonesia. Be funny if it's just one city in Indonesia five times. What, Jakarta? Just Jakarta 1, Jakarta 2, Jakarta 3. Go everywhere else, then Jakarta 4. And to top it all off for the finish line, Jakarta 5. Amazing race, Jakarta Rush. Jakarta Rush, yes. But yeah, uh, we were surprised by the fact that we were 11 teams rather than 10, because they did originally announce 10 teams. It could have been a lot worse, because there was the rumour of um, some Vietnam All-Stars being the Vietnam team, but instead we got some lesbians. And yeah, it's pretty underwhelming. I feel a bit bad for Wu, and I just have to hope that the season does well, so that, you know, it's not as bad as it could be. Because you think they would just, well, what if there's an Asia 6? Are the same Indonesian tourism groups just going to sponsor it again? They do another five rounds in Indonesia, and then it becomes almost as laughable in structure as, say, Amazing Race Canada with having eight rounds in the same country? Oh, linked it back to the season. Yes. We need an Amazing Race Asia 6 anyway, just so Eamon can be cast. Yeah. Asia, Amazing Race Asia must continue to live on until one of us is part of the show somehow. Either I get on Canada or Eamon gets on Asia or Awesome Amazing Race Australia gets a fourth season. In which case, Ben and Michelle can give it a shot. I just want Canada to do a twist where it's a Canada international hybrid team so that you've got to put up with me. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm sure they're thinking of that twist. That would be such a mess. Number one, because it would completely annoy the Facebook page. Can you imagine the reaction to Shot Gasp Horror, a Brit being on the season? Number two, it would just be a complete mess because I'm such a liability. We would just, you know what we would need to do is just make fun of, just have jokes poking fun of the casual fans the whole time. Just just intentionally go out of our way to piss them off and hope that footage makes it onto air. Monty's reaction to seeing us every week would be hilarious, sir. (laughs) And I would do, there's just so many ideas I have for if I'm on Amazing Race Canada for what I would do. I don't think Monty could put up with me, honestly. I think Monty would get very tired of me very quickly. We get it, I'm a ginger, Michael. So, Emmett wants to take any bundle on the roadblock because he didn't read his clue again. And then we get the quote of the episode from Gillian, which is, Emmett's pretty awesome at almost everything, except for being a boyfriend. Snap! Oh, ho, ho, Gillian went there. Ooh! I don't think Gillian really cares what she comes across as. Relationship problems much? Relationship problems? I feel bad for you, son. I got nice dad problems for M81. Hit it! <laughs> Michael, pulling out the JZ reference. Exactly, he's JZ over here. He has to rename himself. Yeah, but he must have to just constantly remind himself each time he does a concert uh, outside of the US. I'm sure that is his main priority when he does a, a gig that is outside the US. Yes, I need to rename myself JZ here. Mm-hmm. And everyone seems to get quite annoyed at Jillian's cheerleading as well. Yeah, she was, uh, as hilarious as it was as a viewer, I can understand how that would be mildly irritating as a fellow contestant who just wants to take in the beautiful Canadian scenery and thinking about the experience you had riding around in your Chevrolet vehicles 
And then you have Jillian being like, Yay, Emmett! Tequila! Woo! <laughs> that was a bit of a Rachel Riley impression from you. Yes. <laughs> um, and Jillian Lowell miss a water taxi, which we knew was coming from someone purely because they mentioned that the taxis only leave every 20 minutes. Yeah. And that then leaves Steph and Kristen to leave in first, with Jillian and Emmett in second. And then Julie won't let Lowell operate machinery normally. Frankie gets all three at once and leaves in third. And then Joel and Ashley leave in fourth, Rita and Yvette in fifth. And then a close second for best quote of the episode goes to um, Kelly, who says that she's scared of operating motor vehicles. That and birds. What are birds? We just don't know. Well, what's interesting, though, is that it was unintentionally offensive with how the with the final showdown of this task. It was... A blind person driving a vehicle on one side, and then an Asian female driver on the other side saying that she's a terrible driver. Like, that was just very, very cringeworthy. I was thinking, are editors putting that footage in intentionally to see if anybody will awkwardly laugh? Or is that just the way that things fell? Like, there's there's a man... Like, driving around that vehicle, still better driver blind than an Asian female driver. And I'm thinking, this is not a subject that I want the Amazing Race Canada to explore. Pushing boundaries. Like, that just, that's, just ask, that's just asking for trouble. It's like, let's just, let's just call it a tie and, and move on. I really, I really don't want to get into all the jokes here. I, I know there's jokes there, but it's like, yeah, I, that's... Amazing Race Canada, pushing boundaries. On the plus side, if you did have me as a partner on Amazing Race Canada, I would be able to drive for you. Yes, you would do all the driving. And I would be the person that would be losing to both Lol and Kelly, probably, because we all know how much, how scared I am behind the wheel. And how frazzled I would get. Like, it's, it's like, it would be funny. It's like, blind man on one side, Asian female driver on one side, and then straight white male Logan Saunders driving, and he loses by like ten hours on the task. And then uh, we'd be thinking, we'd be yelling at, at each other, saying, "Logan, why didn't you do the totem pole task?" Yeah, you know full well that if there was a hint of a memory challenge, you probably would have ended up doing it anyway. So mm-hmm. I would have ended up doing the boat. Although, could you see the red ribbon though? You are colorblind. You would just see a ribbon. What if they had like several ribbons? of various colors all across the logs, then you might be screwed. We wouldn't have had a choice there anyway, and I think the red ribbons were fairly obvious, especially when you're sailing past them, so it wouldn't have been as bad. I wouldn't have been the best at it, but I would have had the opportunity to basically drive full pelt at something and ram it, so, you know, it would have been quite fun. Normally I just do that in a car. Sorry, I just paused because I wrote down another stupid Stephen Kristen joke during the log task. Go on, get on with it. (laughs) I, I said, <laughs> with all of those logs in the water, that's probably the most wood that Steph has had to handle. <laughs> it's it's a good job Steph and Kristen laugh at these jokes, isn't it? It's going to get to the point where you just get a tweet saying, please stop it now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Logan, you've overstepped your boundaries. Yeah, please stop with the lesbian jokes already. <laughs> Sorry, I've got I've got a Stephen Christian joke coming up soon. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Julian Lowell leaving sixth with Kelly and Kate in last, and teams must now find the North Pacific Cannery 
the pit stop for this leg of the race, the last teams to check in may be eliminated. This was like these last couple tasks. It's like it's pretty much a summary of what my dad worked for and for like forty years working in mills and camps. Like this is the BC lifestyle here. And boy, oh boy, I it, it wasn't other than Frankie hitting her head on that on the tugboat and uh, just piling them all together because she's lazy. I can see why it took seven rounds within British Columbia and Amazing Race Canada history before we got uh, an ode to the logging and cannery lifestyle. But on the plus side, at least it's not Hamilton. Yeah, at least it's not Hamilton. I don't know if they do logging there or not. Next week, it is going to be dubbed in, just to warn you, it's going to be dubbed in the description, Hamilton, in brackets, not Michaela. Yeah. <laughs> so, the first team to check in is, of course, Stefan Kristen. And they win a trip for two to New York City. NYC, the Big Apple. NYC's a shithole. What? You're, you just upset P. Diddy or Puff Daddy. Or Puff Lion or whatever he's calling himself now. Puff Lion, yeah. I think it's Puff Lion. He uh, found his Jamaican roots. I would pay to see that, actually. <laughs> Can you imagine P. Diddy trying to do <laughs> reggae? <laughs> I think it would be quite spectacular. Yeah. It would just be him saying, take that, but in a very... It would be very drawn and be like, take that, take that, take that. You can run and tell that, homeboy, home, home, homeboy. <laughs> yes, the reggae Antoine Dodson apparently is Puff Lion. Stefan and Antoine Dodson? Steph Antoine Dodson. I know Stefan and Antoine occasionally listen to the podcast. Antoine, please can you do a a version of Bed Intruder? Please. It would be amazing. Those ducks are climbing in his window, <laughs> snatching, <laughs> snatching Steph's uh, fluids up. <laughs> yeah, you can call yourself MC Lil Napoleon. Or MC what? Lil Napoleon. Lil Napoleon, yeah. Did you notice what the the nickname of uh, Prince Rupert was? The City of Rainbows and Unicorns. Yeah, it's the City of Rainbows, ironically, for Stephen Kristen. Yeah, because, well, I know why it's called the City of Rainbows. That doesn't take much effort to put together because Prince Rupert gets the most rain, of, I believe, of any city in Canada, if not one of the rainiest cities in the entire world. It makes Vancouver look like a desert. Well, it's very close to um, Ketchikan in Alaska, which is one of the rainiest places in the world because they get something like four days a year without rain. Actually, there was people from Prince Rupert commenting online uh, saying that they were shocked that they were able to film an entire episode of The Amazing Race within Prince Rupert without getting the, getting a drop of rain. And this would have been like end of April or uh, early May. Yeah, because when I was in Alaska, we went to Ketchikan, and they said that it was one of the rare sunny days when we were there, because it pees it down every day. Mm -hmm. Which makes it look very pretty, because it's very green, but... It pees it down every day, and it was quite dry for us, which was nice. Do you notice how Steph and Kristen, how Kristen was supposed to be terrible with memory, and then Steph was supposed to be as bad at driving as she is with dancing, but yet they still finished first place this episode. And yet they probably didn't have that much of a lead, because it looked like Kelly and Kate had a massive lead last week, and it was ten minutes. Mm -hmm. I think every ball, it seems like all seven teams are really close together, especially with how much they were helping each other, and that they're Probably wasn't too many places to get lost in Heidegway or Prince Rupert. We'll get to this, but this episode was a come down from last week purely because it was very linear. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, with Hideaway, I can't believe that they actually have a place called Queen Charlotte City. That is not a city, guys. It just has seaplanes. Does it have a cathedral? Because that is the mark of a city. Does it have a cathedral? What, what's that from? I feel like that's a very familiar reference. No, it genuinely is one of the benchmarks of a city in the UK, at least. Really? Yeah, you can't have a city without a cathedral. I learned something new today. If only they went over to the UK and learned about that. We need to tell the people of Queen Charlotte City to rename themselves the Queen Charlotte Village or to get the hell out. Yeah, if it doesn't have a cathedral, then it is technically a town unless it gets royal assent to become a city. There are a couple of cities in the UK that don't have a cathedral, but they are were assigned city status uh, by the Queen. So they are royal cities. Because they're just full of a bunch of those atheist bastards, probably. Yeah, they, they get a, a loophole. Those heathens! Uh-huh. Uh, with the... I can't believe they have the city called Queen Charlotte City because you think with it being changed over to Hidegway that that city would now be named Hidegway City. But apparently that hasn't made the change over. Oh, you, you can't rename cities. That's way too far. You can only rename islands. What? We got St. Petersburg, or was Leningrad forever, or Istanbul, Constantinople. It's nobody's business but the Turks. Mumbai, Bombay? Well, the thing is, St. Petersburg's had about four different names because it's because it was Petrograd, and Leningrad, St. Petersburg, then it's sort of switched between those three, and then there's been other ones as well, I think. With the masonry Russia, uh, back a couple hundred years ago, did they have the Petrograd Feel Your Fan favorite? They did indeed. Which somehow went to the two people from Kamchatka? No, it was the two people from Novosibirsk, who each won a loaf of bread for life. <laughs> Free bread for life. <laughs> no, a loaf of bread for life. Oh, right. You really gotta... During the communist regime, you really gotta stretch that bread out. And second was Gillian and Emmett. They really want, did you know that they really wanted first? Because that wasn't established all round long. What was Gillian's quote as she was running to the map? Did you notice it? Oh, no. I just took down her hot potato dance from the roadblock and all of her other crazy cheering. You're always ahead of me! It's rude! Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so rude to run ahead of me, Emmett. We're laughing at her, and that's rude. No, it's not as rude as running ahead of her slightly. So, third was Frankie and Amy, fourth was Joel and Ashley. In a foot race. Another foot race with Frankie and Amy. Are they just in every foot race ever? Together, yeah. And they're always with Reed and Yvette, too. Like, there's, like them and Reed and Yvette have had barely any separation from each other across all five episodes. At least this time, there wasn't another <laughs> express pass <laughs> being delivered to Frankie and Amy. Well, imagine if that was just a running joke just every episode. It's like, this time, Evan and Jillian are like, by the way, guys, we kind of lied to you. We also won the double express pass, and Frankie and Amy, we want you to have it. Sorry, Joel and Ashley. Maybe next, and maybe if the other team gets it, well, they can give you the express pass. What should happen is Monty should just award prizes to Frankie and Amy every time they check in with Joel and Ashley. <laughs> it's like, Fra yeah. Frankie and Amy, you're the third team to arrive. <laughs> Our friends at Bebo have given you this box of chocolates. Sorry, Joel and Ashley, you're fourth. <laughs> yeah. Just see how pissed off Joel and Ashley get. <laughs> It'd be like, hey guys, we have a TR and a sash here. And it goes to Frankie. Frankie, you are you are Miss Amazing Race Canada this year. Yes, you are Miss Amazing Race Universe. And then next week, there's another TRN sash, 
that one goes to Amy, and then there's another one, and, and Monty just awards it to himself. Well, Mo- Monty is a beauty queen, we all know that. Yes. Down to that scene, Queen by Abba plays as Monty goes out into a field in the middle of Prince Rupert and just slowly spins around with his arms out, looking towards the sky. Do you not know that Mo- Monty was a, a, a wildcard entry at the last uh, Miss World contest? His trick was the Sandra Bullock style, uh, playing the music in the champagne glasses. People were very confused when he got to the swimsuit round. Yes. It was just a Speedo he's, uh, with the Canadian tattoo on him. No, he was wearing a bikini. Oh, he, oh, he, and he, he was? was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he can be become the next member of Tiffany and Krista's uh, Suicide Dolls from The Amazing Race <laughs> 27. <laughs> Please make this happen. We have a line to Monty now. We need to make this happen. Mm. I sense a Photoshop. I have rules when I'm photoshopping. I am not photoshopping Monty into the suicide dolls. <laughs> or into any swimsuit round from Miss World, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, it's now sportswear, isn't it? Or is that just Miss Teen uh, USA? <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, Rita and Yvette are fifth, with Julian Lowell in sixth, and... Watch out, they're middle of the pack. The most fearsome position of them all. I- I'm really scared. And Kelly and Kate are the last team to arrive... And, shockingly, it's an elimination, and they are the fourth team eliminated from the race. Boo, Ernst. They did extremely well in the big leagues, but as any count of leg, it was not their day. So, next time, who the fuck cares, Ontario? Teams get messages from home, stunt planes, Frankie and Amy use their express pass, there's a witch hunt, and what looks to be a fascinating outdoor adventure course. That can be done almost anywhere. And even better, I've looked at the press images for next week, there is no mention of the adventure course. <laughs> yeah, it's that boring they've not even got press images for it yet. So Sudbury paid $55,000 to be featured last season, and Hamilton probably paid $56,000 to be featured this season? Oh no, it was part of Gino and Jesse's contract. If they won, then Amazing Race had to go to uh, to their hometown. Uh, so Kelly and Kate, last... Last, flawless, flawless, last. That's a roller coaster. Certainly is. I mean, they still managed to get a decent average and decent number of teams beaten purely because they rocked the international legs. The real legs. Yeah, the real legs. I wonder how they would do in the American version of the Amazing Race. Just seeing how well they did in Vietnam. Because there's people saying, oh, they just they just lucked out because they're in Vietnam. It's like, well. It's international travel. That's not lucky now. That's just playing the amazing race. If you want to know what lucky now it is, it's being able to race eight legs within Canada. That's lucky now. I think they probably would have ended up mid-packing on an, Amer- an American season because there would have been a task that they would have come up against somewhere internationally. They did have a lot of flaws as a team, but yet surprising strengths. Yeah, I'm definitely not knocking them. I'm very impressed because I thought they would be a very early boot. And they completely impressed me when they were in Vietnam, because they rocked it. They were very good at going, getting from point A to point B. It was just the tasks within Canada that they just could not do for the life of them. Yeah. A puzzle. A puzzle essentially put them out of the race. And as Michelle said, they are probably one of the best teams we've ever seen at an eating challenge. Mm-hmm. They did not bat one of their eyelashes at it. So, we have some questions, which is nice. What? Okay. So we will start with Michael Jenks, who asked, 
where were you left as a child and get or got lost? And for me, was it on purpose? And the infamous story in my family is me getting lost up the Eiffel Tower because I what mum and Mark were on one side and dad took me to look at the view on the other side and I walked back to mum and got completely lost and started bawling my eyes out basically. <laughs> so yeah, that's my lost answer. Up the Eiffel Tower. That's a that's yeah. a. That kind of beats leaving Amy behind in a, on on Santa's lap. So where were you lost as a child, Logan? Or didn't your parents let you out of their sight? Uh, I'm trying to think. I guess they never really lost me. Obviously, my parents tried to leave me, though. Uh, so, Maneev Khan says, Haven't the chances of back-to-back non-elimination legs increased now? And my answer to that is, probably. But, oh my god, what if they do on uh, Canada legs? What if we have two back-to-back Canada legs that are non-elimination? No, the next two, the next two Ontario legs. What if it's like a to-be-continued at the end of the Hamilton round, and then the the round after that was spoiled? If that's a non-elimination, like, wow, that would be two of the biggest throwaway episodes in the Mason Race Canada history to have two Ontario episodes and have none of them have any impact on the season whatsoever. Yeah, if we get back-to-back non-eliminations on two boring-ass episodes that are in Canada, I will be very annoyed. Because production have got to know what they're doing here. And it's like, wow, I really would have liked to see Kelly and Kate saved by a non-elimination. It would have been awesome if it was like, two, saved by two non-eliminations and you win a leg in the stretch of the first five episodes. Yeah, we would have been talking about them as infamous characters. Like, that would take their character from an A to an A-plus right there. And it's very sad that we have to lose them this early in the season. And the final question is going to go to Kurt Reptil. Have you seen this question yet? No, I have not. Oh, goody. If the remaining teams were Pokemon, which one team would be on the Zubat, Pidgey, and Rattatar end of the spectrum? And which one team would be on the Pikachu, Mew, or Charmander end? A question that's about Pokemon Go. I'm on level 15. Close to level 16. I am close to level 11 now. I'll probably get level 11 today. There are people within my town that I know personally who are like level 23 or 24 now. I took my first gym on yesterday. I was very impressed with myself. You took it over? Yeah, for about three hours. With what? With a hypno. Hmm. I haven't taken over any gyms. I was very proud of myself because it lasted about three hours. (laughs) Did you get any poker coins? Uh, Yes, I got ten poker coins out of it. Because I quickly claimed them before anyone could steal or could defeat my Hypno. What CP is your Hypno? Um, about 560. Okay, because I've got about five or six Pokemon that are a little over... that. I think my top is 697 CP. Yeah, I think my top is my Vaporeon, which is about 850. Mm. But because I'd use that in the battles to try and weaken the gym, I couldn't install it as my uh, my champion. Mm. So yeah, which one team would be uh, on the Zubat, Pidgey, Rattatar end of the spectrum, and which one team would be on the Pikachu, Mew, Charmander end? And I actually took offence to Kurt's question, because Pikachu is probably shittier than any of those other Pokemon. At least Zubat, Pidgey, and Rattatar evolve into something awesome. Yeah, who cares about Raichu? Yeah, exactly. Raichu sucks. There's way better electric Pokemon. Yeah, like, like look at Lieutenant Surge. He didn't know what to do with a Raichu. Pikachu defeated Raichu. Somehow. Ah, anime, never change. I would say if we were going to be comparing teams to Pokemon, Frankie and Amy would have to be a fire and ice Pokemon, respectively, just because obvious. 
Yeah, I even made that comparison in my uh, the editing analysis blog from a week ago where I assigned each of them a Pokemon that they looked a lot alike. So I would say that purely by default, the Mew and Charmander, and I'm not even including Pikachu anymore, would probably have to be Frankie and Amy just cause fire and ice. Mm-hmm. Um, and Zubat, Pigeon, Rattata. Um Would that be like Julian Lowell? Are they... Are they our worst characters left at the moment? Even Julian Lowell, though, have... Well, their defining character trait has not been the inspirational. It's been the Lowell's puns. Yeah, but this week did not focus on Lowell's puns as much. It was a lot of inspirational talk this week, which is why they dropped down a little. I would say that probably Rita and Yvette have been most under-edited. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. Julian Lowell and Rita and Yvette would probably be in that... Same section. I would even put Eminem and Jillian down there because the past couple weeks I was thinking, just with how Eminem and Jillian's confessionals have been and stuff, that outside of Jillian yelling at Emmett, there hasn't been too much else to them really that has added anything to the season at all. I think we can both agree that Jillian and Emmett are not winning the season. No, they're not. They're probably going to get to the final leg and lose. Mm-hmm. And obviously we both have now picked Frankie and Amy as our winner's edit after this episode, because their edit this episode was very similar to the Amy and Maya episode 5 Morocco edit, Mm -hmm. which I think is what tips us off. Obviously there was no sort of equivalent of, no, it smells like shit, but there was a sort of overwhelmingly positive edit that tends Mm -hmm. to go for that sort of winning team. And the voice, and just the things they're able to get away with that other teams can't, without drawing the air of the casual fans. There's been no blowback for the Express Pass from Joel and Ashley. No. Joel and Ashley don't blame Frankie and Amy for the Express Pass. They 100% blame Stefan Kristen, and I think that will probably come back to bite Stefan Kristen. Because the way I see it working out is that probably Jillian and Emmett and Stefan Kristen get taken out by U-turns, which then leaves us with a quote-unquote surprising final three that will include Frankie and Amy and the win. Oh, I hope so. BC represent! Yeah, Alder Grove. But yeah, had Logan seen this question beforehand, he probably would have compared everyone to uh, to Pokemon, but, you know, he was on the last minute watching the episode, so I'll let him off. So is there anything else to say about this episode? Which I'm quite impressed we've managed to stretch out for this long. No, I think, I think we covered it pretty good. So, folks, get ready for next <laughs> week. For the Voldemort talk- Lady Spectacular! <laughs> yes, Hamilton, Hamilton, Hamilton! Michaela, Michaela, Michaela! Yes. We get to talk about Express Passes again, just like Hamilton and Michaela. Mm-hmm. Yay! Maybe a team will forget their passports, but it really won't matter since it's a Canadian leg anyway. Hopefully! Woo! So, thank you for listening to this UR Team Number podcast. You can join us pretty much every Wednesday, unless Logan has family over, for more Amazing Race Canada podcasts. Uh, if you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, or our own Twitter pages, MJ Harmstone for me, and Log Super Kawaki for Logan. Bye. Peace out.